0: Welcome to another episode of In the Zone. I'm your host, Chris Broussard. We've got another tremendous show for you as the NBA playoffs heat up. We've got Tim Hardaway, should-be Hall of Famer from the 1990s, one of the best point guards of his era. He'll be joining me for my interview. But before that, we're going to start off, as always, with the top five postseason player power rankings. And at number five, a surprise, Kyle Corver. That's right. I'm going to give the role player, the great shooter, some love. After struggling in Boston, he was the Cavaliers' second best Player in the two games they won in Cleveland to even up the series. Averaged 14 points a game, shot nine of 12 from the field, including six of nine from three. And more than that, he played great defense. That's right. 37-year-old, slow-footed, athletically challenged. Kyle Corver D'd up, and that was critical to Cleveland getting back in the series. He blocked three shots in game four, including two on the ultra-athletic Jalen Brown. At number four... Jalen Brown. I know he got his shot blocked a couple times by Kyle Korver. I know Boston looked bad in Cleveland, losing two games. I know Brown only had 10 points in Game 3, but... He had 25 in Game 4, and the way he played in the second half, including the 15 points he had in the fourth quarter, to get Boston back within striking distance, I think that may have given the Celtics momentum and hope as they head back to Boston for Game 5. So give it up to the young Jalen Brown, just 21 years of old, taking it by the reins and saying, look, I'm going to play with some grit, I'm going to get going in this second half to get my team ready for game five. And at number three, Chris Paul, CP3. CP3 has been maligned throughout his career for struggling at times in the clutch, but he came up big in one of the biggest moments of his career in game four in Oakland as the Rockets beat Golden State. Chris Paul was outstanding, 27 points, including eight in the fourth quarter. James Harden looked winded, didn't really have it going offensively in the fourth, so Chris Paul stepped up and was absolutely tremendous, and he did it all on a sore foot. Notice, you haven't heard about the foot. When Steph Curry, who I love, struggles, everybody blames it on his injuries everybody blames it on the knee but Chris Paul is playing on a bad wheel and he went out there and played tremendously to give the Rockets a chance to get back to the NBA Finals at number two his teammate James Harden that's right 30 points in game four. I know he struggled offensively down the stretch, but Harden has been great. Harden's reached a level where we're criticizing him for scoring 27 points and doing things like that. He's averaging 29 and a half points in this Western Conference final, and people think he's struggling. He's doing it on 45.5% shooting from the field. That's his most accurate, his best field goal percentage of any of his series in the playoffs this season. So Harden is getting it done. And not only offensively, surprise, surprise, but in game four he was outstanding defensively. That's right. He set the bar higher now. Nobody's going to let him get away with those terrible defensive outings anymore. That matador defense, go by me. He showed in game four in Oakland that he can D up when he wants to. Pick the pocket of Kevin Durant. Made a few steals. Got in people's way. Did a good job on that end of the floor. That's why Harden is number two. And at number one, LeBron James. And it ain't even close. LeBron James has been absolutely outstanding. After getting an F from yours truly in game one against Boston, he has been tremendous. 37 and a half points a game in the last three games. 59% shooting. And oh, Outstanding. Turn back the clock throwback defense in games two and three and three and four in Cleveland. Blocking shots, blocking passes, getting deflections, setting the tone for the oldest dirt Cleveland Cavaliers to play great defense and win those two games in Cleveland to go back to Boston with a chance to return to the finals for the fourth straight year. LeBron James hands down the number one player in the postseason player power
1: rankings. All right, we welcome in Tim Hardaway, five-time NBA All-Star, five-time All-NBA player, and most recently was an assistant coach on Stan Van Gundy's staff in Detroit for the past few years. Tim, how you doing?
2: I'm great. I'm great. I can't complain, man. You know, just come from San Francisco, got inducted into uh, the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame. And um, my family was there, Mully and, and Mitch was there. So, you know, we had a great time.
1: Well, congratulations on that. And uh, I know your teammate Chris Mullen uh, said that you should be in every Hall of Fame, <laughs> meaning not just the <laughs> Bay Area Hall of Fame but the NBA Hall of Fame. Uh, what are your feelings on that? You, Mitch is in, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen – uh you haven't gotten there yet, most people think you're one of the greatest snubs ever to not be in the Hall of Fame. but what are your feelings on it?
2: Well, you know what um, at first i was uh I was kind of upset at first, and um um you know when I didn't make it the first couple of years, and then I come to realize you know I have no control over that. You know, uh whoever got control over it, they got control over it. And um, you know, if they want me in, I get in. But other than that, you know, I think nobody can really just um, you know, push anybody's hand or, or or try to, you know, um um, you know, make them do what they, they don't want to do. Um so I don't have no control over it. It's you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, when you just walk around um the country and people, you know, say you should be in, in the Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame, and, and there's no um, uh, no doubt about it. You, you should be there. And while you're not in there, I tell them the same thing. I have no control over it. And, um, you know, we just move on and, and try to control what we can control, and that's what I try to do.
1: One thing a lot of people don't realize is that you made, as I mentioned, you are five-time All-NBA and in 1997, you were first team. And the first team was Grant Hill, Hakeem Olajuwon, Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, and you. I mean, that's a heck of a team. Do you feel like, I mean, besides the Hall of Fame, do you feel like you get your due historically and people kind of recognize how how much you were one of the top players?
2: Well, you know, right now, a lot of, a lot of these guys, kids, we, we we didn't play when it was uh, – social media. We didn't even have NBA TV back in the day, you know? So now they got to go on YouTube and they got to, you know, find us on YouTube, find us on, on, on on different, you know, Google and all that type of stuff. But back then, you know, we didn't have none of that stuff, but now they got all that stuff now where everything is so escalated and, and so many realms, you know, that it's, uh, that you can see it each and every way, you know, you, you see a crossover now, 17 different ways. You know, you see somebody go to the basket 17 different ways. You know, they, 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 like I'm looking at James Harden now. They showing his dunk on Draymond Green. They showing it, how he went past the guy five times. You know, this angle, yeah. that angle, this angle, that angle. You know, we didn't have that yeah. back in the day. So, so, um, you know, um, it, 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 it you, you can't do nothing about it. You can't do nothing about it. Like, say you just move on. Um, um, you know, kids. You hear kids talking about this person, talking about that person, and I just laugh because there's no way that you can. Uh, it, it, it should, first of all, I, I don't argue anymore, but it, but it, you can't you can't really make these guys or kids understand what we did back in the day because they were not born back in the day. They living for, right now. They looking at LeBron. They are looking at Chris Paul. They looking at James Harden. They was looking at Kobe, which they supposed to. And 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 I'm happy that they're doing that, you know. But you know, it, 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 this it, I don't give my just due because there was no social media. But you know, you, you, the NBA guys, the true NBA guys that know about the NBA, understand, you know, what 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 happened, what I did, and how I did it.
1: I was going to ask you because you've been coaching. You coach Brandon Jennings. You got Reggie Jackson in Detroit. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of the current players. Do they understand how good you were? The, not not the fans, but the players.
2: Yes, Today's yes, they do. They, yes, they, yes, yes, they do. They come up and say, you know, they, they talk to me. Um, you know, they ask me, you know, how did I do crossover? They ask me. You know, how was it back in the day when you played, you know, with the tan check rules and, and um, how did you develop, you, you know, your game? And, I, you know, I just talked to them about, you know, we played a lot of one-on-one. A lot of these guys don't play a lot of one-on-one to get their games um, together. We played a lot of one-on-one, a lot of two-on-two. And um, we just played, you know. We, we, didn't, we didn't think about who was going to win or who, who, how, how, they, they, how they was going to beat us. The only thing we wanted to do was get better on offense and get better on defense. And, uh, and, and, and see, you know, how um, uh, people like to play on offense. You know, how, how I could get Chris Mullin and, and Mitch Rich from the ball at this particular time when they're coming off a down or when they're coming off a curl. You know, when I could read their minds and, and know when they go in the back door, they just look at me and, okay, I'm going to back door him now. So, you know, just the chemistry and the camaraderie, that's, um, that's why we played the game and and, and and after practice or worked on our game after practice to make each other understand if he plays this way, this is how we're going to go to the uh, back door. If he plays this way, we're going to fade and come back for a dribble handoff. Um, you know, I like to get the ball right here at the, shoot, uh, at the three-point line. Or when I curl, I like to have him receive the ball here. So, you know, that, that's a tendency that we, we love to, to uh, have at going into games, knowing each other, um, um, you know, inside and out, where we need the ball and uh, how we need to score. So that, I mean, kids today don't do that. But yeah, that's what I talk to them about. You know, you got to talk to your teammates. Don't be afraid to talk to your teammates. It's not a, a lot of these guys take the criticism tough. It's constructive criticism, I tell them. You know, it's the heat of the battle, but it's always constructive criticism. Like Draymond Green, he gets on his guys, but it's constructive criticism. You know, he's telling them what they need to do and how they need to do it for them to win the basketball game. And his guys understand that. Most guys on other teams wouldn't understand that. They go on the hole or they go in the shell and they'd be like, he's singing on me out. But no, that's, that's yeah. a guy that wants to win and that loves to win.
1: You mentioned the crossover a few times. You were known, that was known as your signature move. They called it the Killer Crossover. I remember, in fact, once I was talking on ESPN SportsCenter about the greatest crossovers of all time, and you texted me like, you better remember my crossover. Exactly. <laughs> so tell, exactly. Me about, tell me about your move and who inspired it or what inspired it and how you kind of perfected it.
2: Well, you know, coming out of um, high school college uh, from the city of Chicago, you had to have a move. You had to have uh, something and that's all we did was dribble, 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 dribble to perfect the move. We played one-on-one constantly. And back then, you know, it was hand checking, holding, grabbing, pushing, shoving. So you had to perfect the move to get by somebody. And uh, I just perfected a move. you know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I was just doing a move where I could just get to the rim and make a play for my team or myself. And um, it developed, it really developed in college when we, you know, after, after practice, we would play one-on-one, uh, two-on-two. And i get to the rim very easily with that move and make a layup or, or get to the rim and pass it out to a teammate for a jump shot. Um, and then in the NBA, you know, when I started really doing it almost every night, and um, you know, the guys around the NBA saw it, they um they was like, you know, hey, Magic was like, hey, he got kill a killer crossover. And um that's where it went. But uh, <coughs> excuse me.
1: Were you but, the first um, one? Were you I mean, I, I assume some guys did it before, but were, were you the first one oh, yeah. kinda to do it? Well, you know,
2: Archie Griffin, long time LA guy, uh, um, went to the Philadelphia, I think got traded to Philly or New York, but Archie Griffin every time he's seen me, he, he lets me know about that, yay, yeah, you know, I had to cross over first, and I was like, okay, Archie for uh, guys don't know about Archie Griffin, y'all need to look him up he had a nice crossover too, but you know what I learned, I, my idol was Isaiah Thomas when I was growing up out of the city of Chicago and I, and I, and I uh, um, built my game after his game I just watched him, how he dribbled the ball how he how he studied people, how he, uh, he uh, mesmerized people before he, you know, he took the ball to the basket. Uh, um, he'd go left hand, right hand. Um, a lot of people don't know that. I used to dunk on, on a lot of people going to the rim. So, you know, i just out of my game after him, just the toughness, um, just being small, I always have to shoot over people, people always telling you that you can not do this, you can not do that. And I had to go out there and prove myself each and every night to show people, and I had to have confidence each and every night to sh- to prove to them that I can do whatever you say I can do. Shoot over I King, shoot out of, over Patrick Ewing, shoot over anybody that I go to the hole against, you know, six feet, nine, 68, seven feet, it didn't matter. I just had to um, just show you that I can make a shot over the uh, big fellas, floaters, and all that. So um, um, I tried my game after him, and then, you know, I saw, you know, you, you look at all these guys from the East Coast, uh, like Pearl Washington. You know, he, he shook somebody off the screen uh, when he when they played Georgetown one day. I was like, wow, did you see that? He got real low, crossed the guy over real low, and uh, he didn't put it between his legs, but he just faked one way and crossed him over. I started doing that. I couldn't do it that way, so I put it in between my legs and just uh, went in between my legs and did it that way. So... Uh, um, You know, that's that's how I perfected the real crossover then after I saw him. That was like my freshman year in college. But, um, you know, you just look at people and you pick up stuff from different people and and take it to another level.
1: Now, one guy, especially among the young people that's known for his crossover was Allen Iverson. Uh, You've been critical of Iverson's crossover, though. You're saying it was basically a carry.
2: Carrying and traveling. You know, I never said nobody up. I just came down and did it. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not critical of nobody. I'm just telling the truth. You know, everybody think you know, you, you being you, you critical or, or you uh, 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 saying something bad or negative. No, I'm not saying nothing negative or bad. I'm just saying mine was better than his. I came down. I didn't carry. I didn't set my man up. I just did it. It was in a Florida game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not trying to criticize nobody. I'm not trying to be <laughs> negative to nobody. I'm just telling the truth. And, and, you know, if people want me to hear the truth, I'm just giving the truth out there. Right.
1: <laughs> now, the players' handles today are crazy. I mean, you got Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, and all that. And, and I'm saying, I think one of the reasons that the handles are the way they are today is because they let dudes carry, which I don't think was going on in your day and before, certainly. Is that is that fair? I mean, are dudes basically carrying all the time? No
2: question. No question. i tell you, i give you a prime example. Sometimes Kevin Durant gets the ball, and he carries, and he moves four or five steps into the, into the lane, you know. Um, um, yeah, he, triple- he carries the ball between the dribble he'll yeah. pick it up and move his feet four or five times and then dribble again we like that's a carry ref i mean even though that's his move that's what he's been doing but that's still a carry you know yeah. uh kyrie irving he got handles you know kimball walker he got handles you know um um who else and out there that are got, handles got handles
1: without carrying Th- those say, are, without those are carrying.
2: handles with, yeah without carrying uh, chris paul got handles without carrying Sometimes James Harden, yes, yeah, he does carry at times and travels with the ball at times. So, uh, I mean, but, you know, it's hard to dictate what's a carry and what's not a carry until – because the refs are wrapped up in the game. They wrapped up in so much stuff. You know, they wrapped up in – and who – I, I got to call a foul here. I got to watch this guy uh, uh, push him this way. They wrapped up in so much stuff, the referees. So when, when it does happen, it happens real quick too. It happens real quick. And if you're not on it, you know, uh, they, they, they won't call it. Uh, like, like the other day, we was at the game, and we saw Draymond Green double dribble. The ref called it three seconds late, but it was the correct call. And Draymond knew that he double dribbled. So, I mean, sometimes that stuff happens so quick. And the refs are getting back on defense and transition. They got to watch where they're going, because they don't want to run over the coach or some of the players or any of the fans. And so, they, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough.
1: Now, I've said Kyrie has the best handle of all time. What do you think of that?
2: Of all time? No, he has, he has nice handles. I mean, right now <laughs> he has great handles. I mean, because let me, let me tell you this. You know, the rules are different today than they was when we played. So, with his handles, you know, we would be able to get up into him and, and probably, you know, put our forearm into him and be more physical with him. All right, okay, you but, I mean, he, you can hand check back then. Now you can't hand check, so he, he's super dangerous now. You know, you can't you can't touch him. So if you touch him, I mean, it's a foul. No question, it's going to be a foul. If I was playing in this era, and Isaiah with the handles that we had, and Chris Jackson, I do Raouf, Uh, with the with the handles that we had, I mean, we we would excel big time in this this era.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you that because, you know, people look at this as the era of the point guard because you got all these dudes putting up these all-star numbers. And, I, and obviously you got some good point guards, but I, I've always said I'm not sure these guys are better than the point guards of the 90s or the, even the 80s. But I just think you don't, when you played, you had a center or a power forward who was going to score. And, you know, you guys did post-entry passes. You had post-players that scored. So there weren't a lot of point guards that were like the first option on their teams. Whereas nowadays, you don't really have that many bigs that score. So I think you got – and point guards over-dribble now. They dominate the ball a lot more than y'all did. Y'all dribble like you said, y'all dribble with a purpose. It wasn't just – 20 seconds dribbling, dribbling, and then either take a shot or pass to the man that's gonna shoot. Um, so I think if y'all had played this way, y'all would have put up the same type of numbers that a lot of these guys are doing. Is that fair or or not?
2: Um, that's fair. You know, I think I, I, you know it, it's two ways to look at that. I I, I want to say that that when we played, we we thought about. Because of the era and how we was hand-checked, we need to get there quick. Because we didn't want nobody to hand-check us and get up into us and, 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 and steer us into ways where we didn't want to go. So we had to make a move quick and do it quick and, 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 and get to the hole quick. Uh, and when we dribbled, yes, we dribbled for a purpose. We dribbled because the guy was going to do a cross screen. And then we had to wait for the down screen to go get him. And we had to throw it into the low post. You know, Don Nelson gave me a rule. He said, Tim, we know you can take your man every time. There's no question about that. But if there's not a fast break and we um, and you pitch it up, pitch it up, go through, let the ball swing, let everybody touch it, when you get it the second time, you can do whatever you want to do. Then you can get the ball, you can dance a little bit, you can, you can go ahead and do your thing. But he said, but, but, but you, you got to swing the ball. I was like, okay. So I swung the ball, and when I got the ball, and that's why I tell young guys today: I say you don't always get the ball. The ball won't always find you. Once you give it up, the ball won't always find you. If you swing the ball, run the offense, and come back around on the other side, the ball gonna find you. Once it finds you, then you can do your thing because the defense is not geared up or set up to to stop just you. And I think now the, 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 the defense now with these guys are geared to stop these guys because they one-on-one and ball dominant now. But I'm going to tell you this. My dad told me this a long time ago. There's not no position on the, on the court. Everybody is everybody. Everybody is a man, one man. Everybody's two men. Everybody's three men. You just got to perfect your game the way you need to perfect your game. All right? Uh, uh, look at the Golden State Warriors. They got this, uh, uh, what you call that, the, uh, the uh, something five. Okay, they yeah, go out the there,
1: five,
2: yeah. yeah, the half five. All them, all them guys are guards. They're not centers. Okay, they play like centers. Draymond Green play like center. yeah. played like a center. Anthony Davis played like a guard. You know, even um, Cousins played like a guard. So yeah. your game has to be an all around game to get around people. Off the dribble, um, make a play off the dribble. Shooting threes now. Shooting pull-up jumpers now. Everybody' game has revolved around being a, a guard's game now. Because if you can't be like a guard now, you you can't go out there and play the basketball game the way it's played today. And, and 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 my dad told me this, you know, when I was in like in seventh grade, and it and it's coming to true now that everybody has to play just like everybody. I mean, a guard can post up like I used to post yeah. up. A guard can post up anybody, but that don't mean that he has to, to shoot the ball. That's just because he want to make a play. Draymond Green posts up. He don't shoot the ball. He's letting the offense run so he can make a play. So that that's the way the game is today.
0: At Buffalo Wild Wings, we'll admit that we often go overboard with our limited time offerings. We just can't help ourselves. Take our new signature sampler. For $15, you get wings and three shareable options like fried pickles or cheese curds. Then there's our aptly named over the top nachos, a literal mountain of crispy tortilla chips loaded with your choice of pulled pork or honey barbecue, grilled chicken, corn, jalapenos, and more. Then top it all off with our new platinum margarita. overboard with us today at buffalo wild wings wings beer sports available for a limited time while supplies last please drink responsibly
1: well people debate what era like you know the 90s when jordan was dominant versus today's game which one is better what what are your thoughts on you know was the basketball better back when you played, or is it better today
2: well you know what we, we had to think the game back in the day because there was it, – it, it was illegal defense, okay? And you couldn't go down and double-team without the ball. You couldn't be in a zone without the ball. So I think today today's game is just play, 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 play. But back then it was a thinking game, you know? You had to think of how you had to – you strategize how you had to guard somebody. Then you had to strategize how when you wanted to come down – and 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 um, um, double team and rotate and 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 we could put bodies on people. Back then, you know, you could really, you know, if a guy come down a hole, you could you could really, you know, check him. That wasn't a foul. You know, you could. It, it was running. It, I tell people it was running like a running back running through the middle of the line. Uh, middle through the uh, line, he had to protect himself. Every time you went through that lane, you pass the ball. You went through that lane. If you didn't protect yourself, you're a real surgeon. So, you yeah. know, it, it was totally different. It was totally different. But, you know, I, I like the game the way it is today. You know, I, I like them running and gunning and shooting. I think sometimes some people shoot. You know, you're talking about a heat check. I think somebody shoot too much for a heat check. But, you know, that's the way the game is today. And, um, um, and it, it's, it's an enjoyable game. I mean, it's an, it, it's, whoever gets hot at the right time in the course of a the game, then you're in trouble. It's hard to stop them, especially you know like Golden State Warriors or like um, Houston Rockets did last night. You know they they yeah. they they kept the pressure on them all night long. They kept the pressure on them, and that's what you got to do. And and if you and and if um, the uh, the Dubs come out and um, and you can sustain a third quarter, then you win the game.
1: Now there's a lot of great point guards in your era. I mean, you face Stock, John Stockton, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd. Iverson, Stefan Marbury, and a little bit of Magic and, and Isaiah even later in their careers. Who was the toughest guy for you to play against?
2: Oh, man. You know, I called Isaiah at the end of his career. Magic at the end. I wasn't sticking Magic. He's 6'9". So, you know, and I always say this. You know, a lot of people don't give him his jest due, and that's um, Rod Strickland. Rod Strickland yes. was one of the guys that was that was tough, that was tough for me to guard. Because he had handles, he get to the hole. He can make plays at the rim. But another guy, Kevin Johnson, he was very tough to guard. You know, uh, coming down—that
1: was his problem. Right,
2: that—that that, that was his problem. He just couldn't stay healthy. But um, you know, it, it was hard to uh, guard him too when he was healthy. Those two guys was uh, was uh, gave me problems. Um, you know, uh, the glove six, 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 seven long arms. Um, you know, when, it, when it, when he was in it, he was in, it. he was, he picked you up for court, uh, tenacious defense, uh, could score, uh, you know, with the best of them. So, you know, it, it, those three guys, I, I, I will say, uh, um, uh, gave me problems and, um, uh, and the two guards with the Knicks, you know, I, um, uh, I wouldn't be, uh, giving them, they just do either. You know, we had some great battles with the Knicks. Uh,
1: now you talking with about Charlie Peyton Ward head.
2: with Charlie okay. Ward and um, Chris uh, with Childs
1: Chris, you know Chris, um, Childs. okay so they were yeah, just physical you know, and defending they, they were just okay. physical
2: and de- defending and all that and um, you know I, I I mean I'm just talking about with them too on defense they they was you know they they worked me they worked me hard and and, and uh, I love you know taking the challenge with them and that's what made the rival so great between Miami Heat and Ghost State. I mean, um, Miami Heat and um, New York York Knicks. Knicks.
1: Yep. Yep. Now, when you played in Golden State, your teams were coached by Don Nelson. Um, A lot of people (laughs) give Mike D'Antoni credit for kind of sparking this modern basketball era, but I know you feel like Don Nelson gets slighted in that regard.
2: No question. No question. Again, we back to YouTube. We back to um, um, social media you know uh the kids and everybody wasn't born and wasn't watching tv um because we was on the west coast they they didn't see us on the west coast we was on what was that nbc game of the week and then uh, yeah. um 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 uh, uh maybe maybe starting espn starting you know uh uh have us on uh tnt no it's tbs i'm sorry it's tbs
0: tbs so yeah.
2: Yeah, You know, so so they really wasn't watching us and, and on the West on the East Coast, they was you know, they wasn't up late at night at ten thirty, eleven thirty watching us play. So um, you know, Don Nelson, I I I, our our um uh Draymond Green was Tom Tober, you know. Tom Tober yeah. used to bring the ball up. That was our point forward or our, our point center. And we used to run offense with him just the way to go on state warriors run offense now. And, uh, you know, Don Nelson don't get his just due because nobody really saw uh, what he was trying to do. The same way going to State Warriors and uh, uh, Houston Rockets are playing today, that's the way we used to play. And we used to call it control chaos, you know, offense. People didn't know what we used to do. We just say motion. We just motion. We just move without the ball, back screen, come up. You know, it was hard for them to um, switch because back then there was no switching. You know, you sw- you switch a now why um, didn't guys switch? Did guy switch? Because why so did guys switch? Because the positions. Because the position. So so say like say say like a, a, a seven foot guy is not gonna switch out on Magic Johnson and leave a, a, a six five guy on Kareem. You had yeah. to get over the screen. You had to push over the screen and play your man. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you, you got you got. Say like a, a, a two guard, 6'7", um, coming out and you putting your 6'7", um, um, uh, guard on, on, on um, Patrick Ewing and your center's guard out Houston on Latrell Sprewell. Come on.
1: Yeah. You, you,
2: that, that was unheard of because if they did switch out on me, like if you 6'7", six, 6'8", six, you switch out on me, we were we told go to the basket. Don't shoot no threes. Go to the basket. Make somebody help. Pass it, pass it. Somebody's going to be open. And that's what yep. we did. And, and so there was no switching. So that's why um, motion offense was good. You try to switch. We look back door. Even if you didn't try to switch, if your head was turned back then, if your head was turned, we've thrown bullets right past your ear or bounce pass right past your leg for a layup. And uh, now that's, that's, that's what you got to have uh, camaraderie. And that's why you got to know your teammates and what they're they, what they doing out there. Like go say words, they know what they're doing. We knew what we was doing out there. You know, they slip a lot. We slipped a lot. So, you know, Dan get, you know, uh, uh, the accolades or, or the saying that he's the one that invented this. No, it was Don Nelson all day long.
1: So if you, if those, some of those teams you had in Golden State, I mean, y'all won 55 games one year. You know, you had some success, but never could really get over the hump. If you took that team in today's era. How good do you think y'all would have been? We
2: oh, would have been real good because of, because of the rules. The rules messed us up. You know, I mean, you had a uh, small four. You had Mitch guard uh, Sam Perkins at that time, or you had Chris Mullen guard um, 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 James Worthy or Sam Perkins. You know, Sam Perkins, Perkins 6'11. You know, yeah. we switched off on Vlade Divac. He's seven feet. You know the rules today would have definitely benefited benefited us with when we when we were played if we was playing this era because we 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 that's the way we played that's the way we tried to manipulate the rules and we get caught on a lot of a lot of illegal defenses too. So mm-hmm. uh, and we had to we had to go now we had double team because it was bigger people that we had to, that we had to play against uh, but you know, that was that era. We, 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 we did some things in that era, and, and if we, I think if we would have stayed uh, together a long time, because, you know, we, we uh, Nellie traded Mitch to uh, yeah. Sack to Billy Owens, but mm-hmm. if we would have played together a long time, we had something going, and we would have figured it out. Some way we would have figured it out how to get over that hump and uh, make it work in our, in our favor. But um, like like you said, today's today's era, yeah, we would have fitted very well in this era. We probably wouldn't have been a we we would have been right up at the top of the echelon and and our at this era right now.
1: What what's your best Don Nelson story? Oh man, you know, Nelly had a lot of he had a lot of <laughs> uh, uh,
2: you know. Sometimes he'd come in and say, you know, he had a tea time at. At uh, you know, eleven thirty, come in. All right, let, let, whoever can make a half short, half court shot, uh, there'd be no practice. Uh, oh really? You know, y'all really. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. We had um, we had uh, uh, sometimes we had qu- quizzes. All right, and you had to everybody had to know how to draw on the board the way a coach draws on the board and do and and draw up a play. So if you couldn't um do the wigby line for dribbling, that was like five dollars off. If you didn't go and um, knew how to um draw a line to uh for a guy to to pick and and set your man up to come over and and and, 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 draw, and just draw the diagrams, that was that was deduction off of, uh, off of uh, uh off the paper. So but this is the thing. So we used, to, we used to practice this way because we, we had a bunch of plays and we, we, we had to know each other's position. If you didn't know each other's position, uh, like, like, like Mitch had to play five, Chris Muller had to play one, I had to play four, uh, Tom Tober had to play three, and the center had to play two. So we had, if we called out a play and if we didn't know that play, we had to run sprints. Wow! I mean, wow. If, if one person messed up, we had to run sprints. So, so, so that's why we was in a game. We knew what we had. We, we, when we called out a play and we said, "All right, so and so you at the two, so and so you at the three, so and so you at the four, so and so you bring the ball up." We knew exactly where we need to go, and the other team was confused, and they was like, well, "What are y'all doing?" Yes. I said you'll see in one second, and we, we. And we just knew it. We didn't have to call a timeout. So, you know, Don Nelson had he was very uh innovative. Uh he knew the game inside now. He was always funny. Um uh, and I saw him um, on the in the pitch, you know, he he lost all that weight. Uh he's looking very good. He's living in Maui now and um uh, you know, he's always funny. Always funny. And always had love love to have a good time.
1: Now, you also played a little bit with Latrell Sprewell. Um, you got mm-hmm. any great stories about Spree? Spree? Spree was funny. Spree
2: never touched the basketball all summer long. I've never seen this before. <laughs> never touched the basketball all summer long. And then come to, to uh, uh, practice. First day of practice, never came and shot with us or nothing like that. Came in first day of practice, and, and, and it looked like he, he played all summer long. Worked on his game all summer long. I mean, he, he was just a—he was just a. We call him Gazelle. He always was in shape. Uh, good guy. Always good guy. Always loved to play. Uh, when he came to the gym, got there early. Worked on his game. Stayed sometimes late. Worked on his game. Uh, but he was, um, you know, the he was funny because he loved it. He loved electronic. He loved electronics. He loved his. Yeah. He, he loved diagramming. Um, you know, hit rims and all that type of stuff. He loves. He loved fast cars. I tell you one story that he. Um, we was inside. We inside the arena in the locker room. He parked his car where, where the guys parked their car now. But the uh, the locker room was over the same way. We could hear a trail coming in from outside because that's how loud his music was. He's like, "Dude, are, are you deaf?" He's like, "No, nah, I can just fine." I mean, he he just played his music loud all the time. I'm like, I, I, "I can hear his music at times when I was on the plane, and I can just hear his music through his um through his headphones." I'm like, "Dude, you wow. you got some loud headphones, yeah?" But no, nah, Latrell, he's you know, it's it's funny stories that we that we got to keep inside. Can't of things you can't you can't say.
1: Yeah. Now you were involved. Well, let me say this, because your your career stats were like almost 18 points a game and over eight assists a game. But when I look at your numbers, your best seasons statistically were all, like your second, third, and fourth seasons, I think, before you had a knee injury. You had a serious knee injury and missed the 93-94 season. Did that that injury take anything out of you? You still had some great years after that, but – did that take anything out of you?
2: It did. The first couple of years, it did. And then, um, you know, uh, not playing um, minutes uh, or getting some playing time when Rick Alderman came in um, kind of hurt me too uh, because I knew I could still play this game. And um, I think a lot of people thought I was finished. Um, I knew I wasn't finished. I knew that I could still play. So, um, um they traded me to Miami Heat, and um, from there, it went from there, you know. And I tell folks, it's not—I don't think it's probably one other person that made All Star team that had a a, a fatal uh, injury like I did, at ACL. And that was Bernard King. He came back and went to the um and went to one um, All Star game. I came back and yeah. went to three All Star games after that injury, and um uh, and you know All NBA team first team and second team. Uh, and uh, yeah, first team and second team after that. So, you know, um, um, I knew what I could do. Um, um, you know, it was credit to, to, to uh, Pat Rowley, of course, bringing me in and, um, and, um, and saying, Hey, you know, run my team the way it's supposed to be run." And, um, you know, another coach just gave me the keys to the car and told me to drive it. So, uh, um, you know, what I had... was that
1: like playing for Riley? Because I know he was hard on dudes, especially coming from Don Nelson, where he was probably oh, lot like easier on players.
2: Well, yeah, you know, no, I'm gonna tell you this. Nelly wasn't that easy on players. Now he was, he was tough on players too. Um, um, I mean, I mean, at times he knew when he knew when to get on you, and then but Nelly was laid back, um, um, and he was prepared. Just like Pat Rowley, always prepared. Uh, always know what he wants. Always know what his team needs. Um, um, but you know, um, you know, it they, they like practice was like three hours. Practice, you know, four hours. Now, you know, we, we we it was a lot of learning going into that. You know, you're looking at film. You're not on your feet for three four hours. You, we wasn't on our okay. feet. We were watching film. We was um we was talking about a lot of things. What we could, could do what well, we uh, shouldn't do, how we should play, plays this way, that way. Uh, but it wasn't like, you know, it was four hours on our feet. No, 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 no. I asked Pat one day, I said, well, "Why why not we practice for two and a half hours? He said the game is two and a half hours. I was like, okay, that's self-explanatory right there, you know? I mean, if you can't, if you can't play for two and a half hours and sustain yourself for two and a half hours, you, I mean, you can't be like, I, I, I want to play 48 minutes. Cause at times you got to play 45, 46 minutes and you got to be ready to play that at a particular times. So we was all, our whole team was ready to play whoever you put in the team on it. I mean, on the court at a particular time, let's play, but we was always well-prepared. Um, I liked it, you know, it, it was, cause I grew up that way. I grew up bumping, grinding, physical, uh, uh, playing hard in the trenches. I grew up that way in Chicago. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was great for me. I, I loved, it. I loved being, you know, prepared each and every day. Um, I love uh, uh, practicing, working on our games. Um, I, did, I To me, it was different, you know, because that because all my life that's what I did, you know. And uh, but you, you know, but we, but it wasn't like what people said, you know. I mean, he he wants you being shaped. He wants your body fat to be down because he wanted the optimum of your your career, he wants you to be at the optimum shape. So he so when you out there playing, you have you have no gripes. You won't get hurt. You're gonna be in tip top shape and you're gonna be able to do what you're able to do like you did your first two or three years in your career or when you was in college. So that's what he wanted you to be. And that's what that's where we was. And I, I, I had no gripes about it. I enjoyed it.
1: Now he was known for motivating motivating players. Like he, they, his pregame speeches. Sometimes he'd use props and do do crazy stuff. What was kind of the most the craziest thing he did in a pregame speech with y'all?
2: Well, you know, after the game, um, he did. Uh, you know, before games, pregame speeches was uh, he got me hyped. Just you know, I'm, I was always always uh, ready to play games because I I just love to play the game. But he um, one pregame speech he was talking about um, there were so many, uh, but he was talking about how uh, the Lakers and uh, you know, uh, got to game seven with the Boston Celtics and everything. And uh, he said that, you know, before that game, Kareem, you know, he got killed. And you could tell Kareem didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear nothing, nothing, nothing. They came to practice and practiced they butt off. And uh, you could tell that they were so focused that uh whatever whatever he was talking about or about to say, he didn't say. But he uh at that particular game. But he said uh he he was talking anyway and um um you know, and he knew at that particular time, he was like, "I don't need. To, I need to stop talking and just let them go out there and play." And they went out there and played, and they won. That's the game they won. Another thing, another game. He he, he um uh, he said Tim. He said, "We got all got traded there. We all went to our different respectable other teams and won. I went to Golden State one, won. Dan Marley went to Phoenix and won. Um, Zoe went to Charlotte and won." We went to uh uh what else we went to? We went to a couple of places in one, And we in New York. And um, uh, you could tell he really wanted this game. He said, Tim, just go out there and tell the fellas, you know, um, get this one from me. I said, all right, I got you. We went out there and that thing we blew him out by like 20. And uh wow. you could just tell in his eyes that he 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 was loving that. You know, and that, that, that's what we did for each other, man. It was like family there. We just, we just played, and, you know, he, 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 he had everything for us there, massages, uh, you know, whatever we needed to, to stay healthy and stay ready. He, 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 that's what, that's what he, he does for his teammates. He loves his teammates. That's why he don't like to make changes. You don't see him making changes. You know, he loved his team right there. He always believed that they they gonna do the job and and um uh, and that's the way he believes. And and if 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 a lot of people trust him, you you go out there and just play. Because he trusts you. He wouldn't trust you if he wasn't there. If you wasn't there, he wouldn't trust you. I mean if you was there, it, 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 he trusts you. He got to trust you because that, that he he brought you there. So that's what I love now- about him.
1: Your rivalries. You mentioned the Knicks. That was you greatest rivalry when you were in Miami. Tell me something about those series that that we don't know. Those, oh, those rivalries. I should say that rivalry.
2: Oh man, that, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. We 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 as as probably two guys uh, uh, loved each other. That was Pat and Zolt. Everybody else on each team hated each other. I mean, we would see each other at a restaurant during the summer. We wouldn't speak to one another. We wouldn't talk to one another. We wouldn't shake each other's hands. Uh, if we wow. did, it was phony. You know, it, it was just that yeah. type of rivalry. You know, sometime, I, I think sometimes today some of those guys uh, and us, we still have grudges with each other, I think, you know. And, and that's a shame to say, but that, I mean, that, that, that's the way the game was. And, um, um, uh, but yeah, we, I mean, it was it, that it around was, the
1: league like that. Like any teams you had mm-hmm. rivalries, with. was that how it was? Cause obviously it's not like that today. No,
2: it it wasn't like every team had that, that, that was just uh, the heat and the Knicks because, um, I think they, you know, what happened with Pat leaving there, coming to Miami, yeah. that, that, that was the whole thing. And, 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 mm-hmm. and um, they took, they, they took a to that, and they, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to destroy us, <laughs> excuse me, Which, whichever way they wanted to. And, um, you know, physically and mentally, we wasn't having it. You know, we wasn't having it. We, we just had a nastier attitude just like they did. So mm-hmm. that's why the, the hard-fault games was hard-fault games, and, and um, you know, each and every game was hard fault. You might blow the team out here and there. But in the playoffs, yeah, everybody's playing hard and wanting to win and wanted to sh- destroy you.
1: Yeah, those were some hard fought games. I, I remember with Jeff Van Gundy grabbing onto the leg of Alonzo. When I think Zoe and Larry Johnson, it was getting into yep. it. What, yep. what was that? Yep. Take me through that story. That, game. <laughs> that was crazy.
2: Man, that, that was crazy. That was crazy, man. That was really crazy. Um, um we still trying to figure out why that happened. Um, but you know, it, it was just it was just a crazy, crazy atmosphere. It was going on because Patrick couldn't play because he was hurt at that particular time. Yeah. And um um they I think they most physical guy that could play offensively and defensively against Zoe was Larry Johnson at that particular time. So Larry play was playing Zo, and um, he was he was being physical with Zo, and, and and at times you know they they let you do particular things um, um, in the playoffs versus you know just in the playoffs, and and yeah. um, you know they just you know you it, it just took a toll on both of them. Both of them was into each other, both of them was fouling each other, and the refs just let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, and Game Five, Game Six. That that's the way it was. They they just went at it, and uh, they both really just lost their minds basically. And then you had Jeff Van Gundy. I, I think he he didn't realize what he was doing because now you don't go after the other guy uh, on, yeah. on on another team. You go after your own guy and bag him up. He went after yeah. Zoe. and he, he and you know what. He, he even said he even came out that was foolish of him because he could not only hurt himself, but he could have hurt his own too. And, um, uh, uh, but you know, but you at the time, you, the rivalry, you mad at this person, you mad at that person. Then you, then a fight breaks out. Then you just, the only thing you can do is just, you know, he probably slipped and fell and, and whatever, but you know, he just grabbed onto the first thing he grabbed one to, you know, <laughs> and actually, and actually that really stopped the fight. Because everybody was like, what are you
1: doing, Jeff? Everybody you laughing know? at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody laughing at What How are you doing, you, Jeff? Uh, when, what, you what? What? when you saw him on uh, Alonzo's leg.
2: I, yeah, I, that's the way I was. I'm like, what are you doing? You can hurt him. What, what, what are you doing? You trying to tackle him? What, what are you doing? I don't, you know, what are you doing? But, but you know, uh, everybody at that particular time, you, like I said, you don't know what's going to happen. You lose your mind. And the first thing, the reaction is, let me stop him from fighting my player. And like I said, he probably didn't want to get hit. So, at first, he, he tried to grab him by the, by the waist, and he just slipped and fell, and, and he and landed on his legs and he kept holding his legs. So, that's what probably now, happened.
1: if a tag team match, Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley against Alonzo and P.J. Brown, who who wins that? <laughs>
2: Man, you know, back, back, back in, in Charles Oakley heyday when he was young and, and really, really strong there, you know, you got, you got, I, I go, I go. Oh, you know, I love yeah. Zo, I love PJ. Uh, uh, you know, I, I tell you this, uh, 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 Patrick's not gonna do nothing because that's old boy. So they not, yeah. they not gonna do nothing. The ones that really gonna be going at it, and they, and you know what. They love each other too. Is PJ and O, so they good friends now too. So yeah, they good friends now too. So you know, they you never you you actually never seen them four get into any type of stuff. You never seen. They just play hard against one another. So you know, it was it was it was always something else. But them four never. They just played hard. They bang bang bang, uh, push push push. Fault and played the game the way it was, slapped down, gave you hard fouls, but they never got into a shouting match. They never, you know, got into a uh, uh, a track-talking
1: match. They never did. I always used to feel like, because you guys, you know, I felt like Patrick had a mental edge over Zo because, you know, Patrick was older. He kind of had been a mentor to Zo. And because I thought y'all had better teams, but they would beat y'all a lot in the playoffs. You know, like, did you feel that way too? Right. right. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, Patrick, uh, he made timely shots and made timely moves at the end of ball games to put them up. You know, um, um, just like Allen Houston making that shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it hits the rim five times before it can go in. You know, they – they always made the timely moves uh, at the end of the ball games to beat us. Uh, uh, but we, you know, we all we put ourselves in that predicament because we could have went down on the other end and, and, and made shots too. So, but we was up or was tied up, or whatever. But um, but yeah, Pat, Patrick, when you seven feet, even though you 6'11", and you the best shot block in the NBA. Um, seven feet is still seven feet. And, and Patrick was seven feet. And he, uh, you know, he was still just a just a little bit longer than though, just a little bit. And, um, you know, he, he could shoot over him, um, uh, you know, shoot a little float over him, whatever. But he was just a little bit taller than there.
1: Now you, you played obviously against Jordan and you coached against LeBron. So you seen him close up. Everybody debates which one's better, which one's the GOAT. Where do you stand on that discussion, LeBron versus Michael?
2: You know, it's no choice. To me, it's Michael. You know, to me, it's Michael. Um, In the era we played in, and what Michael did, um, you know, how he did it, the bumps and bruises he had to go through, um, um, you know, the the mental stage that he, he you know that that it took him to. Um, you know, it's uh to me it's Michael. It's gonna always be Michael because I I played against him, you know. Yeah um not taking nothing away from um 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 LeBron. LeBron my guy. Love watching him play. Uh love watching him orchestrate everything out there on the on the um on the court. Uh you know. Um you know the big dunk, I mean a big block shot. Um yeah. you know, um, you know, he he's six nine and he can control the game just like Magic Johnson could. He gets got, got a better jumper than Magic. Um, but you know, um you can't take I mean Michael, six championships, went there six times, won six times, got M V P six times. Um yeah. but you know, you like I said, you can't you still can't take nothing away from uh, LeBron. They, his era was different from uh, this era. And, um, you know, we, we, would never, we would never see him go against each other. We would never see that happen. We could always speculate. But, um, 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 you know, and, and people got to understand, Michael came in after his sophomore year. LeBron came yeah. in after high school. So LeBron got two more years
1: ahead of Mike. I think Michael, Jordan could... might even, I think he played three. I
2: think he was after his junior year. Yeah, yeah, you after know what, it major. was after his junior year. Yeah, it's after yeah, yeah. his junior I'm sorry. So, so LeBron got three more years in the NBA ahead of Jordan. So a yeah. lot of people don't put that in, in, the, in the perspective either. So it's a lot of things that go into that longevity, you know, um, um, You know, and Michael was hurt for a year, too. You know, he was out for a whole year before, I mean, like, you know, a bunch of games before he came back and did what he did in the playoffs. Um, So, you know, it's a lot of things going into that. But, you know, me, it's it's going to always be Michael and and, and that era.
1: So, um well before you go, I want to ask you about what's going on now in the n b a with the playoffs Who do you have in the East? Do you think LeBron gets to the finals again, or you think boston can uh can pull this out?
2: I tell you this man if 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 he gets to game seven I, you can't bet against LeBron to me
1: yeah
2: against game seven with with these guys, how young these guys are um in boston um Uh, I think that I I wouldn't bet against against LeBron in game seven. So uh, I think these next two games, especially for for the Boston Celtics, are very, very critical these next two games. Um, They got to win tonight. They got to win tonight. It's like a pressure game tonight. tonight. They they lose tonight, it's over with. So, you know, I I think LeBron is going to make it to uh, to the finals, but I don't think that he's going to have enough to beat either golden state or 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 um um houston
1: so i just who don't got, think who you team. like in that
2: series Golden state houston. i like golden state i like golden state if you know like if if Iguodale come back uh he hurt him you know that hurt him not being there yeah. last night uh, you know he does a lot of things out there on the basketball court i'm not talking about scoring i'm just talking about just his intangibles you know tipping the ball away uh 50 uh, 50 balls uh diving for balls, um putting your body in front of folks, blocking shots, uh coming up with the key rebound and laying it up, you know, uh playing good defense on people, just a hand up. Um that cap that, that really hurt him him not being there because they had to play all they had to play that, a lot of minutes. Those guys had to play a lot of minutes. And you know, it was just a tough on. It was a tough him yeah. last night. But I think they but 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 if like I always say Golden State, all of them got to stay healthy. All of them, The core got to stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, they don't win. They don't win.
1: So, yeah. but if they stay healthy, yeah. if they
2: healthy, if they healthy, they win. They win. Um, but you know, now now the momentum is back. I think in Houston's court, they just got to come out and play like they wanted instead of you know uh, uh, being lackadaisical. I think they get if Houston come out and play harder. And play like the way they did last night. Tomorrow, they can get that game tomorrow. But they got to come out and not be last day's go, not be you know passive and uh, you know not was don't know what's going on. They got to come out and play the same way, you know. And and, I, that, and I, that,
1: that I want ahead. to ask you before before you go because you mentioned Chris Jackson early, Mahmoud earlier, Mahmoud Abdul raouf earlier. Right. And his handle and all that. Phil Jackson said a few years ago he compared <laughs> Steph to Chris Jackson or Mahmood. and um, people people kind of mocked him like, "Man, that's crazy." But you played against Mahmood. Do you think that's a fair comparison? Like in today's NBA, do you think he could have been a Steph Curry?
2: I'm on, uh, see they. He, I don't think everybody understanding what Phil Jackson is saying. We're talking about the quick release. Mahmoud had a quick release. He'd come off right off the dribble and gone. The ball was gone, and it was all net. Same way with, with Steph. He'd come off, and next thing you know, he's shooting the ball real quick. Before you get a yeah. hand up, the ball is in, is in the rim already, in the hoop already. That's what Phil Jackson was saying. Phil Jackson was saying he got Mahmoud Mahmoud Raouf, had handled and he gets that ball up very, very quick and he can stop on the dime and shoot it on the dime. That's what that reminds uh, uh, Steph Curry of, of Mahmoud. That's the way Steph Curry comes down. He comes down, he might do a move, put it between his legs and then stop and pop, you know, and he, and, and he gets to the hole too. That's the way Mahmoud did too. That, that's See, people get upset about, yeah, Mahmoud, well, he wasn't doing this, he wasn't doing that, and then they get off into something else. No, we're talking about the quick release because, yes, both of them had a quick release. Mahmoud had won the quickest release in NBA history before Steph came into the league, and now Steph has the same type of release Mahmoud has when he was stopping and popping and coming off the dime and shooting the ball and you didn't know what he was going to do, you know, because he was trying you, to guard remember, him. And, no, go ahead. And you was trying to guard him. He stopped and just shoot it. Or, you, you know, you, you, you try to guard him. You t- I got to beat him to this spot before he gets to the rim. He'll just stop and shoot it. So that's the quick release we're talking about. He, I think that, that uh, uh, Phil Jackson was talking about.
1: Do you ever envy today's guards? I mean, the, the way they shoot threes. I mean, the freedom they have. Do you ever envy and wish, man? If I played in this era, I'd be putting up ten threes a game. You know what I mean, stuff like that.
2: Right, right. You know, you know what? I could have put up ten threes a game if I wanted to, but I had other teammates to get the ball to. I get, you know, I want, I need to get my other teammates involved. Um, um, you know, I had to get the Shaolin involved. I had to get uh, 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 Dan Marley involved. I had to get, mm-hmm. you know uh uh mitch and chris and rod higgins involved i had to get pj brown involved that's the way the game was then i had to get those people involved and make sure that they was happy so they go down the other end and do what we asked them to do on defense you know they was guarding the hardest people they were sticking the hardest people so i need them to be happy so i had to get them involved you know but i don't you know i don't envy them i love it I'll tell you the truth, I love watching. I love watching it happen because it's really just street basketball, and it's imano imano, and um, uh, or pickup basketball. I shouldn't say street basketball. I say pick-up basketball. It's imano imano, and let's see if you can stop me, or I can make you, you know, shoot a bad shot or a shot that you won't don't want to shoot, you know, and that and that's the way it is. But but it's very interesting. It's very interesting, and, and I like it. Um, sometimes the guys. Hold on to the ball too much Uh, I wish they had passed it And then get it back Uh, But other than that uh, You know, yeah Yeah, I I want, you know uh, I love it
1: Great, great Tim, man, I appreciate your time Great stuff, man And um, thanks a lot for joining In The Zone Hey, no, thank you for having me Anytime, Chris You know, you got my number Just let me know when you want me All right, brother, cool Thanks, man